Welcome to Before the Business, a podcast dedicated to telling the origin stories of entrepreneurs. My name is Craig Swiston. Today on the podcast, we welcome Peter Weering, co-founder of Small Winemakers Collection. In 1991, Peter and his partner Richard were talking literally around the water cooler. Richard had recently been to his first wine tasting and Peter had visited wineries while traveling in Australia. For some reason, they decided it would be a good idea to start a business as a wine importer with the sole intention of writing off travel expenses to exotic wine regions. So they did. This is that story. Please join me in welcoming Peter Weary. Hi, Peter. Before we get to the origin of the business, can you maybe describe Small Winemakers Collection, what it is, the type of customers you serve? Yeah, so basically we are importing agents. So we work with suppliers of wine around the world and we bring the wine into Ontario uh, through the LCBO and we sell directly to restaurants and private customers. How long ago did you start the business? We started in June of 1991, so just over 30 years. Peter, tell us the story about how you and Richard got started. Sure. Yeah. Well, we uh, we were working at a market research company together, and we we started talking around the water cooler. Richard had been to a wine tasting, and and I had uh, I had traveled in Australia through the wine regions, and so I was really interested in wine. And he said, "Why don't we start a business and write off travel?" And I said, "That's a great idea," thinking that it was actually a stupid idea. <laughs> What was going on at the time that turned it from a stupid idea into an idea where you said, hey, there's actually a business here? I don't know if you recall 30 years ago what it was like going out to restaurants. It was rare to see a bottle of wine on the table. Uh, you know, we were living in Toronto that had come out of, you know, a, a, a period where fine dining meant a, a big hip of beef at the King Eddie Hotel. And, uh, and, and there was not really a wine and food culture. So we sort of followed that wine and food culture as it developed. By the end of the 90s, you know, in the middle, middle of the 90s, Richard quit his job. And by the end of the 90s, I quit my job. And the rest is kind of history. We, uh, we are still dealing with the same supplier that was our very first supplier, Luigi Rigetti from Italy. And, uh, and we deal with, uh, you know, dozens of wineries from around the world and, you know, sell to restaurants and private consumers. So what came first for the business? Was it selling to restaurants or was it selling to private customers? Well, the early days were, to be honest, like the old Revlon commercial, where we, we had a, a wine tasting around my dining room table. And we had, uh, we brought six or eight people we knew who were interested in wine and we asked them all to bring two friends. And then we asked them to bring two friends and so on and so on. So when did you start selling to restaurants? I would say three or four years after we started. So let's back up. Take, uh, take a winery like Rigetti as an example. How did you start importing their wines into Canada? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, when, when Richard and I started this business, he went to Germany and I went to Italy and uh, I, I was interested in Amarone. Uh, I tried it. I thought it was great stuff. And so I, I spent some time going around the region. I got a pretty good sense of what different wines cost and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I got into Luigi Rigetti and and I, I really enjoyed the wines and, and I, I explained what we were doing. You know, we we're starting small and he said, you know, that's fine. 
And he gave me the prices and they were 40% lower than anybody else's prices in the region. And he said, you know, I, I don't do any marketing. I don't pay any, do any payola or anything like that. What you see is what you get. I said, well, we can do, we could do some business with this. So our first order was three cases. You know, recall that we were having friends sitting around the table. So our first order was three cases. Uh, it just grew and grew and grew. And, and I remember being there sometime around the turn of the, of the millennium. And, and he talked about how we had met 10 years before and we agreed to start small. And he didn't realize just how small, small meant. He said, you know, we've now built, a, it's always been my dream to build a cellar, a true aging cellar where I can keep all my barrels in one location. Uh, the, the cellar they had was from 1909 and it was dug into the ground uh, where he wanted to build a modern barrel aging cellar. And he said, said, I built this thanks to the sales of wine in Canada. So it's pretty clear that you're establishing a meaningful relationship with these winemakers. How do you go about finding the next Rigetti, the next winemaker to feature in small winemakers collection? Well, it's, it's really all about what the market wants. So restaurants uh, are looking for particular wines. If that market isn't well served, we look for wineries that have those sorts of wines. We'll call in samples um, and we'll make a sort of an evaluation, you know. And then on the other hand, if, if we've been bringing something in for a while and maybe we've been sampling it and uh, selling it to restaurants and it's just not moving, you know, we just decide, hey, you know, we've got to move on. You know, we like this wine. It's great, but people don't understand it. And, and you know, you can only be so far ahead of the market. So sometimes we try to push the market, but you can only be so far ahead of the market. So with COVID hurting the restaurant industry, have you seen an uptick in your private client business? Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, uh, from the time of the lockdown, uh, the, that business increased. Well, initially it increased like five or six times, which was great, but it still didn't, it still didn't compensate for the lack of restaurant business. Uh, since then, the restaurants have come back, and, and since June, they've really come back in a big way, and more and more places are opening. We're getting new first orders, reorders from places that we haven't had orders from since March or February of 2020, which is really nice. Fortunately, the private client business has stayed going. You know, people who have uh, discovered that they can order wine during the pandemic have continued to order wine during yeah. the pandemic. So it's, it's great. So people can get more information on your website at smallwinemakers.ca, but maybe take a moment. Can you walk through, you know, what does this look like for a first time private buyer, someone who's never bought wine privately before? How, do, how does the process work and what does it look like? Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the, the ones that there are certain wines that uh, we recommend to, to sort of uh, newbies who uh, who have never ordered a case of wine from uh, from a wine agent, you know the wines from Luigi Rigetti are, are are a great uh, a great way to start. They're in thousands of restaurants across the province. Uh, same with the wines from Kingston Estate of Australia, uh, and you know those are sort of the the, the sort of the the uh, the training wheel wines, if you will. But if, uh, if anybody ever has any questions, they can always send us an email or give us a call. 
and people will be happy to talk to you about uh, what you like and what wine might be good for you. So here's a question for you. As we move into the fall and winter season, what kind of wines are you looking at or what kind of wines are your customers looking at at the moment? Well, uh, you know, the, the wines that are going to be big coming into the fall are the big red wines that are from classic regions. So, you know, we're bringing in uh, Napa cabs from 2018 vintage that have just been released. Uh, they were released in early September. And so those are going to be hitting the market in November. Brunellos from the 2016 vintage are, uh, are great. You know, it's, it's a, you know, another vintage of the century and we've probably had three or four this century. You know, those are things that I'm really excited about. Then, you know, there are all sorts of other things that, that I get excited about, you know, uh, are just wines that I love, you know. You know, I, I'm really a big fan of Spanish wines, Riojas, uh, I think are, are some of the, the world's most uh, underrated and, and underpriced wines. But yeah, I'm looking at generally big red wines coming in in the fall. So what's on tap for the holiday season, for Christmas, New Year's? What kind of bubbly, sparkling wines do you have available? Uh, well, you know, we're going to have... Uh, this, it's, it's funny, this summer, there's been a real, uh, a real uh, huge demand, heavy demand for bubbly. I think everybody that goes out to a restaurant says, oh, I'll have a glass of Prosecco or I'll have a glass of Cava or whatever. So, um, so that's what we're, we're focusing on, replenishing our stocks that were decimated in the summer. But in the, in the fall, we're going to have several different Proseccos, several different Cavas. Uh, French Accorta, which is the, the best uh, sparkling wine out of Italy. It's the, sort of the equivalent of champagne, but less well-known. And so those are the things that we're going to be offering in the fall. So obviously this is your business, but what if there was a, an individual who just wanted to learn more about wines? Where would, you, where would you push them? What direction would you send them in? Wine education has become a big thing probably over the last 20 years. And there are really two organizations that deal with, with wine education. One is the Sommelier Guild, which is for people who want to be in the restaurant business. And the other one is the WSET, the Wine Spirit Education Trust, which is a, a big educational organization out of England. And they have four levels starting at, uh, at a very basic level up to a, a very um, in-depth expert level. And those courses can be done in, I think the, the beginning course is a single night. And the second level course is, I think, six or eight classes. And uh, you can do them in, uh, in Toronto, you can do them in Ottawa, you can do them, lots of different cities have them. And so I, I, I recommend people look for the educational providers of the Wine Spirit Education Trust, or WSET for short. Peter, have you seen any shifts in the taste or the palates of some of the clients over the years? Have there been any trends that have kind of come and gone? Where do you see things at the moment? Obviously, you know, the, the, the wine market's changed, you know, dramatically over the last 30 years. And I would say that in the last 10 years, there's kind of been a, a, a maturing of the market and uh, a discovery by, you know, big companies, I think. You've always had big brands of wine, you know, in the 70s, it was Reuniti on Ice, it's so nice, and Spumanti <laughs> Bambino, and things like that. 
But I think that, that what's been happening over the last 10 years is you've had this movement into the wine market of very big companies and big brands that make it look like they're actually wineries. You know, like Kim Crawford, for example, very popular, it's just made in a big factory in New Zealand. Better, you know, all the, all, all the more power to them, but it does confuse the consumer who thinks that, you know, maybe there's a, a person that's been involved and behind all this. And I think that, uh, you know, there's been this reaction to this, which we've seen in the market. So there's, there's a, you know, a group of sommeliers who kind of reject those big brands and who have gone sort of the opposite direction and only buy, you know, natural wines that are aged in a shoebox in the, you know, in a hen house or whatever, you know, like, like any, anything, whenever you get something happening, you have a reaction. And, and that's been the reaction that we've noticed. And, and I find it really interesting that restaurants are stocking so many wines that consumers have never heard of because the Psalms are so much against these big brands. And so that's, that's one of the interesting things I've noted over the last couple of years. Last question for you today, Peter. Uh, red wine with fish? Uh, I drink whatever <laughs> wine I feel like with whatever meal I'm having. You know, there's no rules. It's, it's really all about what you feel. You know, if you think about it, you very rarely take a sip of wine and a bite of food or vice versa. You know, you have a couple of bites and then maybe you're sitting there talking and then you have a couple of glasses, a couple of sips. So, you know, food and wine pairing, yeah, it's fine. And, and when it works out, it's magical. But honestly, it's, uh, it's a little overdone. Well, thank you, Peter, for your time today. For more information on Small Winemakers Collection, check out their website at smallwinemakers.ca. If you like hearing the origin stories of entrepreneurs like Peter, continue to follow us on your favorite podcast app, rate and review the show, and share it with your friends.